Welcome to the Popcorn for One fortnightly podcast. Grab your popcorn and make sure you're sitting comfortably. Popcorn for One is about to review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy. It may even want to make you watch these films yourself. Wednesday, 13th of July. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. I hope you've all had a fantastic fortnight. The sun's been out, it's been good beach weather, life's been good, we've had a lot of tennis. Ah, uh, yeah, I've had fun. It's been really good. So, let's tell you what we're going to discuss this week. We are going to talk about what I've been watching this week. We're then going to have a little chat linked to what I've been watching this week and about a certain protocols and cinemas. We're then going to talk about what you've all been watching this fortnight and then we're going to do a big review of the week. So yeah, that's quite a lot to get through today and we'll just crack on, shall we? Time to look at what I've been watching in the last fortnight There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 films that I've seen in the last fortnight. And as always, one of them will be the big review. So let's crack on, shall we? I have actually done a lot of Game of Thrones watching. I've now finished season three, which is amazing. So we'll move on to season four next. And then hopefully season five when he turns up. So that'll be good. So yeah. Anyhow. So that's probably why there's been best films, because I've been cracking on with that. Let's start off with a double header. I've watched Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2. This is, again, another example of how our parents let us watch this when we were little. I'm still not entirely sure, but... I mean, it's... When it does get ridiculous, it is still kind of inoffensive and it's funny. Um, But some of the attitudes used in these films if you look at it now if you're someone as a kid now and you're being shown that for the first time you're going like what the heck are you making me watch mum <laughs> um charlie sheen is good um it was also weird watching all that when like top gun's trending and everyone was like are you watching this because you've got no i've literally put it on because i need something for 90 minutes just to laugh at especially um the end of the second one hot shots part two where um it's that gladiators obstacle course where they throw the piano out and then there's the fight in the compound. Oh my god. That compound. Oh and it's also the fact they call it out on being a sequel and that they had to come back and the best bit of the entire film is him and um Martin Sheen, because obviously Charlie Sheen's his son, on those two boats. I mean, they just both finished doing their monologuing in their heads and they both look at each other and go, I loved you in Wall Street. It was amazing. Yeah, it doesn't hold up very well today, but it did then, and that's why it's probably so fun. That it's more that it's childhood memories than actually being good films. Then I decided to watch something that I'd never seen, and I knew it would probably be my cup of tea, or I hoped it would be, and I was like, nope, classic movie night, let's do this. I watched Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. 
why had I not watched that sooner? Probably because I'd never had been in the mood or had the time. And I think my dad's only got like very extended four-hour-long director's cut of it. But now I was sitting there, I was flicking, and I was like, oh, that's right, yep, we're going to Blade Runner it. Why not? I really felt for, for robots. I really did. I mean, some of what they got right with in the future is pretty cool. You know, FaceTiming was on there. Um, and it was pretty cool. I mean, we don't have flying cars, but there was a lot that they did get right about the future. Not all of it. Replicants, they're replicants, not robots. My bad. Um, but Cinema Sins must love it for the fact that they keep getting to go narration every time Harrison Ford speaks and not there. Harrison Ford is important, but at no point do I feel that the replicants are actually doing too much harm to the human race, if that makes sense. You feel a bit sorry for them. And that end speech in the rain and the monologue and all of that, oh, that's, that's pretty darn cool. It was my cup of tea. I mean, there's not much for me to say about it, really. It's pretty darn special. <laughs> I can see why people have watched the extended cut, the director's cut and the final director's cut. So maybe I do need to buy that off my dad. Hmm, Yeah. Now, I'm glad that I've finally seen it. should now probably get round to doing the next one, um, Blade Runner 2049 with for Gosling. Yeah. No, that was, that was really good. And then as I'd watched all the Hotshot films and I'd had Lloyd Bridges on my mind, I thought, well, I'll put Airplane on, another comedy classic, which I'm not sure why our parents got to watch them when they were little, but... <sighs> Surely you can be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. I just want to say good luck. We're all counting on you. I love a bit of Leslie Nielsen. Bless him. Oh. There's a time and a place to watch that film, and that evening was a time and a place to watch Airplane, and I'm glad I did. And it's still really funny, and, yeah, there are bits when you did listen and go, like, yeah, especially with a, uh, a flight. What's up with cockpit? What's that? Oh, it's an area where the pilot sits, but that doesn't matter right now. Oh, but it's, it's so quotable, this could just end up being me quoting out a plane. So we will move on to The Fate of the Furious, which I was going to go to bed, and I was flicking my channels, and I found on TV, so I decided, well... I'll watch it, and it was from the point where all the cars were busy crashing off the buildings. I was like, yeah. Maybe when I had shown up, and it was like, yeah, this will do, and it's ridiculous. And the guy in it is one of the guys in Game of Thrones, and I saw him, like, ah, I know you, I know you, you're a wildling. <laughs> um, oh, one of them's um, the girl that she's got as well, but I already knew that she was in Game of Thrones, but I didn't realise that that guy came from Game of Thrones as well, so... The best bit of that film is still Jason Statham getting that baby off the plane. It's amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah. Then I wanted something to just chill with and just relax and just like... And I was like, what can I watch which is kind of a Sunday night, a Saturday night thing? Because I am leaving a gap between restarting phase four of the MCU and my MCU of home because there was a gap. Probably start again, maybe this Saturday, maybe the next one. I'm not sure. Um... Also knowing that there was MCU coming up this week, I thought, nope, we'll leave it. So I put on Rogue One and sat there and watched Ben walk around in his cape being mean and being evil to Darth Vader. And no, I've not watched Obi-Wan Kenobi yet. I will get there, I promise. <laughs> Disney Plus should be here soon. Um, might be sooner than you think because something's happening Sunday and there's a watch-a-thon or something. I'm like, mm, yeah, that might be good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's... 
it's still fun and it's still the second best Star Wars film that they've ever made. Oh, it's got, I always forget that it's got Daniel Mayers in it. You know, he's only got one ball. Not that he's only got one ball, but that show. Oh. Please, I know this is going off topic here. If it's on all four, I'm not sure if it still is, or whatever streaming service you've got or whatever DVD store you go to, please can you go and find Plus One. It's a five-episode comedy series about Daniel Mayer's girlfriend dumping him and him not only finding out that she was cheating on him, but she's engaged to Duncan from Blue and they, he's invited to the wedding as he's still deemed a friend and it's going to be on telly. And it's absolute chaos. And it's one of the funniest things I've watched on TV. So much so that every now and then I'll say something my, I'll then message to my sister and that'll be it. We'll just go off on one. It's about two and a half hours of your life, but... You know, you can watch a two and a half hour film and we go, mm-hmm. at least just you're laughing for it. <sighs> then I was doing some sorting out of a few things online and sorting out a few bits. And I found Legend on BBC and it was from the point where he's just about to be sent to prison. I was like, what? you can't not, not watch Legend. You watch Tom Hardy fight with himself and Taron Legend turn up and be all like, mm-hmm. Because no one knew who he was. We were just like, eh, guy's the future. <sighs> it is a good film. I know that looking back at it, it's now probably could have been done much better. But that fight scene between them both is amazing. And, <sighs> yeah, I really, really like Legend. I know I shouldn't, but I do. Maybe it's a Tom Hardy thing, possibly. But, no, it's it's good. And... Those that don't understand it, I'd like to actually have a conversation with you as to why you don't understand it. Then it was time to go and watch The Minions, Rise of Groove, which was on the hit list. Um, we'll talk about The Gentle Minions in a bit. Um, it was fun. There were some moments where it was absolutely hilarious. There's some proper callbacks to the other films as well. Just like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so glad Julie Andrews is back. That was brilliant. So then Tupperware. Um, and who'd have thought this year that the thing that would steal the show twice would be a rock with some googly eyes on it. And then when she turned up at one point, um, that was just like, oh my God, she's here. Yep, she is here. And it was just like, ha, Michelle Yeoh, absolutely just after the rock with googly eyes on it. <sighs> I laughed a lot. The rest of the time I was like, why is this girl laughing at a rock with googly eyes more than the rest of us? Because everyone else is like, oh, a rock with googly eyes. And I was like, there's a rock with googly eyes. <sighs> yeah, it's got a huge chance of winning still the show. Absolutely. It's good. It's better than the first one. And it's better than the second Despicable Me film. Don't think it's better than the original. And I'd say it's on par with number three. So there. Um... Then I just wanted something casual to watch, so I put on Free Fire. I still am shocked that Killian Murphy was literally 10 miles away and I didn't see him. And Brie Larson. Yeah. I've spoken about Free Fire a lot on here, so I will just move on. And then we'll move on through the next one, because this week's big review is for Love and Thunder. Ah! Opening night madness. Yay, yay, yay! On a Thursday. I mean, I had a pretty busy weekend, so I actually only saw one more film after that. And I completely forgot about the time on Friday night, and I was sitting there and I was busy doing stuff. No, I was watching tennis. 
that's what I was doing. And then I was sorting a few bits out and I sat here and I was like, what can I watch now? So I put on Batman Forever. And I've now learned that my sister's never seen Batman Forever. So I've told her she should watch it, but I've warned her that it is complete crap. <laughs> it is. I mean, it was probably the first time, other than a cartoon or Adam West Batman, but I'd seen Batman as a kid. Um, we didn't go to the cinema for it, but I remember it being on, like, ITV or on, like, um, Cartoon Network when it got to the point where they started showing actual films, like, at the 6pm start on a Sunday before bedtime, where the channel would turn off at 8, and because they had um, the Batman reruns, they had that on there as well, so... I remember watching that. Um, it's not a very good plot. It is pretty bad. The acting is not very good. Um, Tommy Lee Jones and uh, Jim Carrey are doing everything they possibly can to be villains. And, yeah, does make you appreciate all the other Batmans afterwards. Maybe not Ben Affleck, <laughs> but the rest of them. Especially Nolan's. I mean, Nolan's is the greatest Batman of all time. But, yeah, you do appreciate all the other Batmans. Maybe not George Clooney. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Good old Batman Forever. That's it. That's what I've watched in the last fortnight. I hope there's something out of that 11 that you'll be interested in. Um, Proper mixed bag there, ranging from... To, oh, God. To, oh, my God. I need to see that again. Yeah. Cheers. So, Cinema Protocol and a couple of things and want to just have a chat about. It's mainly Cinema Protocol, if I'm honest. Um... You've probably read and you've probably seen everywhere that there is a gentle minions thing. I do not have TikTok. I do not know what this is. So I was kind of a bit like, oh, okay. I had purposefully booked up an evening showing of minions. So then there wasn't little kids there. However, my head is still thinking about little kids are still the target audience for minions. Whereas it's Generation Z, the generation below us millennials who are that because they're the kids were brought up with Despicable Me because the parents went, ah, it's a guy from the office, put that on in front of the kids. You know, nice funny story. Little yellow things that you could sell everything to. So, you know. Um, but everyone's been turning up at certain screenings in suits and speaking Minion-ish. Do they speak Minion-ish or do they just speak Minion? Hmm, I don't know. Um, but they've all been turning up in suits and disrupting f- films. Um and cinemas have had to give back money so much so that they've actually banned people from wearing suits going minions which is i don't wear a suit but i go to the cinema if i've been at work in my work clothes and it's smart trousers and a nice top you know it's not a suit i haven't got a jacket on i don't wear a tie i don't wear like a ridiculous dress or anything like that but yeah i would still be like no you know i'm going to 8 p.m showing a minions relatively smart um but I was quite lucky that my screening didn't have that in there. There was still a lot more people than I thought would be at Minions 2, which was interesting. But I do like the fact that cinemas did ban people and then people moaned and then cinemas have decided to not only just show an adult-only showing of Minions at certain places. I know you've been doing that. But both you and Cineworld and my local cinema down the road have all done days or showings where it's for gentle minions only, where you can dress up in suits and do that. And they tell people before they go in, this is a gentle minions thing. There's likely to be a lot of noise. Do you want a refund before you go in? Because, <laughs> you know, if you've just bought that ticket and then suddenly it's turned into a gentle minions one, you don't suddenly want a load of 
20 year olds going papaya banana do you no so well done with cinemas for then deciding that they're going to have at least one screening a day or one screening every other day especially over the weekend i think cineworld have three over the weekend um where they allowed all these people in so good on them for doing that however after leaving the minions and watching for credits and doing all that please when you've been to a film screening can you take your rubbish with you? As someone that, you know, I will occasionally buy some popcorn. I don't always buy popcorn. I'm more likely to go to Starbucks and get a coffee. But I will always take whatever I have bought with me into the cinema to drink or eat um, out with me and put it in the bin. Or if I've bought it with me, it probably needs washing up at home and recycling there. So I will actually take it home with me. But the number of films recently and it's not just minions that i've been to where there's been a lot of people and it's been an 8 p.m showing and the film's finished and they've just left their stuff there i mean i never members of staff and we're meant to clean up and do that and they'd have to do a sweep of it anyhow however some of it hasn't been nice at all i've been stepping over popcorn that's been rolling down the stairs been like what the hell so please can you be considerate with that um one more thing when i went to go see love and thunder there was two credit scenes and three people got up while the actual first lot of credits was going on and someone actually did yell seriously and they went oh we're going to blue okay fine but you've been doing this marvel gig long enough now to know that there's going to be end credit scenes okay there's at least going to be one and if everyone stays behind, that means we've all worked out it's two or it's opening nights and you'll stand behind anyhow. And they've worked out how to make VOing credits roll much quicker for some reason. I'm not sure why. Or maybe I'm just too busy letterboxing while end credits are happening. But if you go and see a Marvel film and you get up before the first credit scene, <sighs> and Marvel will normally tell you if there isn't a credit scene, by the way. They will completely say, like they did for Endgame, right? the credits for Endgame are so long, there's nothing there. Okay, it's just gonna happen, and you're gonna go, yeah, you're gonna cheer all the names, and you're just gonna say end game, and then you're gonna leave. And that's quite nice that they told us something wasn't gonna be that. But you know, with every other Marvel film, there will at least be one, if not two. And if most people haven't got up, stay, because you're just getting up past other people. That's it. That's my little rant about people going to the cinema and certain things that people do and don't do that get on my nerves i mean in theory shouldn't even be you know drinking in a film in the cinema you know you've gone paid money to watch a movie what do you need loud popcorn do you need a coffee <laughs> a very quiet coffee although actually there was a point during love and thunder where i was drinking my um pedro pascal coffee and I, it was quiet and i went like that and all the ice hit the top of the glass cup and it went Shh. I'm like, sorry <laughs> put it down very quietly i was like oh my bad <laughs> sorry but yeah <sighs> sorry rant over people thank you for listening to that it's just something to keep in mind you know time to look at what you've been watching over the last fortnight Ooh, yeah let's start with your home viewing shall we so for the week ending the 29th of june number one in your home viewing was sonic the hedgehog 2 mm-hmm. the batman was at two Top Gun was at three, new entry for the bad guys at four, Morbius at five, June at six, 
Sing 2 at 7, The Matrix Resurrections at 8, Spider-Man Spider Spider No Way Home at 9, and Doctor Who and the Daleks at number 10. Um, X was a new entry at number 13, Nobody Leapt Back Up the Chart, um, and House of Gucci re-entered again um, back in the 30s. So there's not that much that's changed around the top 10 there. Spider, um, Batman dropping to number two probably is the most like, oh, okay. And now for the week of the 6th of July, in which we had a brand new number one, which was The Lost City. Okay, so you're still seeing that cinema and at the home. Interesting. Number two was Morbius. Number three was The Batman. Four was Sonic the Hedgehog. Five was Top Gun. Six was The Bad Guys. Seven Leaping way back up the chart was Ambulance. Operation Mincemeat was new at number eight. Sing 2 was at nine. And Spider-Man No Way Home was at ten. For the first time since it came out in January, Dune is no longer in the top ten at all. It's dropped to number 11. Uh, the Greatest Showman has had a resurgence. And so, very happily, has the Nolan um, Batman trilogy. One other film that's entered, and it's entered the chart at number 36, which I'm actually quite grateful that I've had a lead through and gone through the rest of it, is The Outfit. I've wanted to see The Outfit for a little while, and I'm quite grateful that that is, now I know that is out, and that it's on there. So that is interesting to see that that's what you've been watching at home. Now for your cinema viewing. Right. The weekend of the 24th to the 26th of June, Elvis was number one. Elvis took four million pounds. Uh, number two was Dominion, and that took 3.4 million pounds. Obviously, you're all loving your dinosaurs, clearly, and I just didn't get it. Mm. Uh, three was Top Gun Maverick, still taking 3.3 million pounds. In, in week six, which is really impressive. Lightyear was at four, taking 2.2. The Black Phone at five with 138. Then there's a big drop at six. Jug Jug Jo for 160,000. Good Luck Leo Grant took 118,000. Everything Ever All at Once took 72,000. Freedom Uncut, the George Michael documentary, took 68,000 at nine. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 took 64,000 at 10. So basically, the top five are taking all the money and nothing else is being spent anywhere else at all, which is, you know, understand it's some of the big films are coming out, but yeah, that's pretty good. Chop Gun only dropped 21% that week, which is interesting to see. And now for the weekend of the 1st and 3rd of July, in which Minions Rise of Gru entered at number one, it took £10,424,000, which is... Pretty good. This is outstanding, actually. Why am I saying pretty good? That's outstanding. Elvis was at two, and that took 2.9 million. Top Gun remained at three, taking 2.6 million. Then it was Jurassic World Dominion with 1,800,000 at four. Lightyear took 800,000 at five. Black Phone took 500,000 at six. Leo Grand took 69,000 at seven. Jug Jug J.O. took... 64,000 at 8. Everything Ever All at Once took 57,000. And Nitram took 41,000 at 10. So that's very good to see. Um, there was also a few pre-films. So Nitram was the week before. Um, Benediction and a couple of cinemas had an advanced preview of the Railway Children, which is coming out in a couple of weeks. But that was more a gala thing for a charity event, I believe. 
So that is interesting to see. It's also interesting to see that Top Gun is losing money, but it's only losing like 10% each week. It's still there and it's still at free and it's still, you're seeing everything else, but you're still going back to the into the danger zone, aren't you? So that is all very interesting as to your viewing. Sonic, Batman, Lost City, Morbius, Minions, Elvis, Jurassic World, and any version of Top Gun you want, basically. That's what you've all been watching at home, and that's what you've all been watching at the cinema. Time for this fortnight's big review. It could only be one film. It is the film that is technically, because of Mission Impossible, now number one on my yearly hit list. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yep, we're originally number two. It's time that we're going to see For Love and Thunder. Ha! Oh, hell, Tyker. Oh, hell, Tyker. Kids, get your popcorn. That was an atrocious version of Korg. I'm so sorry if Tyker ever listens to this. My bad. I'm so sorry to the people of New Zealand. However, grab your popcorn. Oh, it was good. It was very, 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 very good. Um, Everyone, before it all came out, there was a, quite a bit of a press going like, oh, this isn't the full film that we were signed up for. This isn't that. And Tyker was literally, for the last three weeks before the film came out, I was gone. I've been given a budget. I've gone crazy. I've gone mental. Half of you aren't going to like it. Half of you are going to love it. And it's a Marvel film. It's not meant to be taken seriously like Scorsese, basically. And then put that in mind, it works. If you're thinking about it like you think about, you know, films that are up for awards and stuff like that, it's, yeah. But it's the other end of that, oh, my God, wow, that's fabulous spectrum. It is. Taika basically wrote a film about his divorce <laughs> and about loss and coping and finding yourself now in a new world and what's going on and basically yeah that's basically what a lot of people have been through in the last year so it kind of resonated and it worked um Hemsworth is amazing as always as for even in the two which we don't talk about <laughs> um but let's be honest it's Chris Hemsworth and he's playing uh mythical god or what's not to like um it was weird not having tom got halfway through and i was like so when's hiddleston coming back i was like oh yeah he's in his own he's he's dead oh Oh." that was a bit of a like oh no i love those goats those goats were hilarious natalie portman coming back worked she's still not the best actress in the world there were still moments when i looked at her and okay yeah she had a hard story to deal with uh but she did deal with it well but there would be better people playing Jane Foster than Natalie Portman. I just don't think she's that great of an actress. I'm sorry if that's my opinion. I'm sorry to all the Natalie Portman lovers because I know there's probably an awful lot of you out there. <laughs> um, Tessa Thompson was brilliant. Um, there's some quite... Only looking back at it after I've seen it, but I've realised that there's some in what we do in the Shadows references, which I completely missed. Christian Bale was amazing as a villain gore um he was properly cool um and especially when he started speaking in his normal accent it was like hang there's a bit of welsh there christian what's going on he was good i also like the fact that all the color drained out of it when we got to the start of act three for that battle that was quite cool because it had all just been all over the place and yeah, it was quite nice to then slow it down. Like, right, this is a serious part of the film now. You've got to pay attention to it. And that's one of the reasons why I like Taika, because 
he does this with all of his films. Even though, you know, there's a comedy or there's an action thing going on or it's wacky or it's a superhero film, but still a really serious, important message in his film. And there are moments when you sit there and everything gets stripped back and you sit there and go like, oh, this is actually really emotional. Okay, you're not crying like you are when um, you see the blue butterfly and the shoelaces um, in Jojo and then the end of that is, yeah... We won't talk about that. <laughs> Although I'm not sure how much I've talked to you about Jojo Rabbit on here. Mm, it might be time to have an emotional breakdown again. Maybe. Um, but it always comes back to a loving relationship or a loss or grief or something that's actually really important to normal people's lives and not just the characters in the film and not because it's wacky or because it's weird. You know, there's always a really human pers- hu- human personal story in his films. And that really, really works. And he always balances it so well. There was no classic Tyker moment. If you've watched Tyker's film, he loves to do a shot where it spins around and edits out people. And then they come back in and they edit back out and they edit back in. It wasn't one of them. I was looking forward to that. And that was one thing that missed. There are two end credit scenes. Please stay for them both. And stay for music and score in the background. Um, it's been widely publicised that He's in it, but Matt Damon turning up as Loki and then wearing glasses later on. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I properly laughed at that. Not as much as I laughed at the goats, but I was properly like, oh my God. <sighs> but no, it was, it delivered on what I wanted it to be. It was a four film. It was fun. Um, it was wacky. It had epic music and it, they hit the spot so well in so many places and all the ha- I'm not sure why people are hating on it. I really don't. Unless you're expecting every single film to be the level of Endgame or um, No Way Home. It's not going to happen every time. This is good for a gap. This is what we needed after Multiverse of Madness, which did get itself all confused and didn't actually now I'm thinking back about it know it's true story as to what it wanted to be um it's still a good film it just needed to work out what it actually wanted to do since then knowing about the multiverse it's quite interesting thinking back and thinking they couldn't have done that better oh no that should have changed but if you want to go and watch something which is huge and out of this world and just what you should go and see Love and Thunder. I mean, you probably all have. I just spent most of Saturday at a party trying not to talk about it because everyone was seeing it on Sunday or Monday and I'd seen it on Thursday. But, yeah, you've all probably seen it by now. I'm probably preaching to converted if you're listening to this, but if not, go see it. It's well worth it. You do need to have watched the four films to understand it and the last two Avengers because, you know, why is he suddenly doing that and why? You know, I've not even talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they're literally the start of the film and then the film starts. So, <sighs> no, it's fun. I really enjoyed it and I think you all will too. For Love and Thunder. Not enough for a wobble of a buzzer, but it's what it needed to be. Taika, you still rock. Good on you. <laughs> That 
is that for this fortnight's podcast thank you all so much for listening you know it's always really appreciated that you sit here and you listen to me um next episode is hopefully gonna be on the 27th of july i'm saying hopefully because i have plans on the 27th of july because 27th of july is the 10th anniversary of the olympics um and i'm not actually gonna be here but i will be um i will have at least recorded something before that so hopefully i'll remember to post it for you um until then you know where to find me it's popcorn underscore four underscore one on twitter instagram and letterboxd and it's popcorn for one dot co dot uk for the actual blog where you can read all of the cool things that i've been writing up i promise to get more typing i really really do and yeah i'll see you and speak to you hopefully on the 27th and until then look after yourselves be good to one another and i'll speak then take care bye